This is a Federal News Network podcast. The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of federal marketing. Now, your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here today with Martha Doris, former senior federal executive and currently the founder and CEO of Doris Consulting International. Uh, Martha, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. I'm glad to be here. Um, so uh, tell, tell people a little bit about who you are, where you come from, and why. Uh, we'll get into why you do what you do after. Okay, thanks, Mark. Um, I am a, you know, a, a lifetime fed, career fed person. I, uh, I spent 34 years at the General Services Administration. And um, at GSA, I did everything from, I started as a secretary in 1978, through running um, the Office of Citizen Services for about 15 years, and a short a short time in the Federal Acquisition Service, but I spent, I, I, you know, I cycled around GSA, but the most of the time I spent doing IT acquisition, intergovernmental solutions, and then all of the digital government citizen services customer experience work. Cool. And you left how long ago? I retired from GSA um, just about five years ago. All right. So, uh... What what inspired you to start your company? Well, as I said, I spent you know much of my career in the citizen services area, and our organization really focused on delivering customer service to citizens directly through USA.gov, our contact center, which was National Contact Center at the time, now the USA.gov contact center. We delivered printed publications through a distribution center in Pueblo, Colorado, which they don't do anymore. And we also did a lot of products and services that we provided to other agencies to help them improve services to citizens, such as a search engine capability, which agencies have adopted and put on their, their websites. We have digital all the digital government work in terms of government, um, digital gov university, um, digitalgov.gov, which is both still in use today, and and focused on customer service. But around 2009, I got um, interested in the concept of customer experience, which um, seemed to only make sense to me in the federal government, but I had a difficult time getting people to, one, kind of be interested in understanding the concept, and two, adopting it. So when I was at GSA, I was involved in a lot of the White House initiatives around customer service. And so I decided when I retired that that's what I wanted to do was improve the lives of citizens through transformed government services using the business discipline of customer experience. Okay. Can you, can you give an example so people can better grasp where, what agency would apply? Like IRS or HUD or all of the above? 
So customer experience is a really um, a broad area, but agencies that have citizen-facing programs such as the Social Security Administration, IRS, HUD, um, a GSA with their service to you know their their citizen services work, um, you know any any organ Department of Education and federal student aid. So almost every agency it applies to in some way. Okay, so uh, so you have your your company now. So who who do you do work for, and what exactly the services do you provide? So I primarily do, um, you know, consulting with companies who want to get into the customer experience space within the federal government and helping them to understand it and and position them to uh, to be able to do work in the federal government. I also do some work with federal agencies. I was in the the, the centers of excellence uh, for the first round in the contact center modernization effort as a subcontractor and I worked at, on the USDA and the HUD initiatives around contact center modernization. Um, I also, um, you know, when I retired, I took a step back and I looked at what, was, what were the challenges that we were facing in the government and why wasn't it taking off? And where did we need to, to where did I need to focus my energy so that I could kind of pay it forward? So I, I looked at sharing of best practices. That was something that was very difficult to do at the time. Um, and I created a couple of products to go along with that, including a, a monthly newsletter around citizen services. I do round tables to bring together agencies and industry to co solve complex government problems. And then I work on, on customer experience conferences. Um, the other area that I've that I've worked on is around rewards and recognition. Um, if you're familiar with all of the awards programs around town, they're primarily targeting the the chief of everything, the chief information officers or the chief financial officers. And there's a lot of people behind the scenes who are on the ground, unsung heroes, who deliver services to citizens. And I felt like they were not recognized for the work that they've done and they're true champions of change behind the scenes. So I created the Service to the Citizen Awards program and we just completed our third year. Cool. Um, so uh, on, on, on your work with uh, the agencies, you indicated you were a sub. Are, are you often a, a named person in those situations? because you're one of the few who actually is known for this in government circles? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I do a lot. I mean, I get a lot of calls to be, you know, to be a subject matter expert on government CX, um, you know, in different proposals. Sure. Okay. Because, I mean, you and I know some of the same people who have been doing the customer experience thing in the commercial world for a long time, uh, right. Gene Bliss in particular, but um, you know, marketing people like Regis McKenna were writing about this back in the early '90s. So, um, and and he's a uh, well-known PR guy out in Silicon Valley. If you're not familiar with this work, um, but 
the, the, the CX thing has been with us for a long time. Uh, and, and the, these simple, uh, impetus that you brought here, you know, bringing it to the fore in the government market is, is pretty cool. So was, was there, uh, um, well, let's get into this after the break. We're going to find out exactly what it is and some background. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I shall return with Martha Doris right after this. You can find her on LinkedIn. It's Doris with two R's or DorisConsulting.com. Back right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here with Martha Doris of Doris Consulting International, DorisConsulting.com. Um, so, so let me tell me exactly what uh, customer experience is in uh, broad terms, and then specifically for uh, the federal market. Uh, thanks, Mark. So, the best way to gr- to, to describe um, customer experience is really, it's about the end-to-end journey that a customer has when they're interacting with a brand. So um, it also involves uh, bringing emotion into like perception is in terms of, um, you know, how somebody feels after that transaction is complete and beyond um, from the time that you have a need that you you need to solve, it also includes um, area of like why it's so applicable in the marketing spaces. It takes a person who is a satisfied customer and turns them into a loyal customer mm-hmm. and the name recognition, not name recognition, but also the the word of mouth in terms of providing, you know, providing a recommendation to somebody about a product that you've used or a service goes a lot farther than just it out of the phone book or whatever on online. So if you think about some private sector examples, think about Starbucks, for example. So Howard Schultz was really a coffee roaster and he went to Italy and got interested in this coffee shop, the smell, espresso, came back, eventually bought out the Starbucks organization and company. And they have a lot of things that you get in Starbucks that you don't even think about in terms of providing that overall experience. It's not just a place that you go and spend four or $5 on a cup of coffee. It's the smell of the coffee, the grinding of the beans, being able, it's a place to meet, it's a place to work. It's got all of these extra things. So it's actually an experience. Same thing you know, it's about the brand. I mean, customer experience in its simplest terms is around what do your customers expect from you and what is, what are they, what are you delivering and what's the gap between the experience that they have and the expectations that they have. So companies like Ritz-Carlton and Amazon, we all think of, or anything that you think of that was a good experience versus a bad experience and and why. So in the broadest terms, that's that's sort of customer experience. It also includes things like employee engagement. So, you know, happy employees give good milk. It's known that or happy cows give good milk. So happy employees turn around and are engaged in their workplace and want to deliver a better service. You've got governance and how decisions are made. 
your overall strategy for the kind of experience you're trying to provide, metrics, the culture. It's a very, it touches every single function within a company or within an, an agency, which is why it's really considered a disruptor. And, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to, to, ta- uh, to tackle. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would uh, mention a company like Nordstrom's here. I had a I had a guy at Nordstrom's. Um, uh, anybody who who knows me in DC knows that I don't go out in public unless I'm wearing black. Um, so there was a guy at Nordstrom's. They they have the best shirts there, and there's this guy there who will call me when uh, the the two or three types of shirts I I like are in stock. It's not going to be a big sale for him but it's, it's a consistent sale for him. Um, and as, as long as he's there, I'll know when my shirts are in. Well, one of the important things around customer experience is understanding your customers. So in that example, he knows you, he knows the kind of shirts you like, he knows that when they go on sale, he's got your information and you get a personalized experience. It's the same thing in the government. Understanding your customers, if you think about the citizenry, you've got you know, students and parents and teachers and beneficiaries and taxpayers and, you know, across the, the, the public, you know, that the federal government um, delivers services to. And they're in all different age groups. You know, you're not going to deliver the, same, serv- the ki- same kind of service if you're serving college students as if you're at the Social Security Administration and you're serving senior citizens, for example. So understanding your customers is a critical part. And you had a, a really great example there. Yeah, I mean, the, everybody has uh, favorite stores and least favorite stores. So, <laughs> um, so I mean, that, that kind of implies why it's needed as well. But how do you inculcate your employees to... Uh, you know, bring about this particular experience? Well, I think it's critical that you have a a leader in the agency that really supports this, um, which, you know, as I was leaving GSA, that's one of the reasons, you know, that I wanted to try it on the outside because um, we were undergoing a lot. Well, we had just created the chief customer office there. So, we, we did have leadership with, within the agency that understood the importance of it, but you need, you need leadership that, that buys into it. You also need it to, to not just be words. It needs to be um, one of the top priorities within the organization, within the agency. It needs, you need to have a strategy to understand what the current experience is. And if you, if you create a vision and your North Star around customer experience, it starts to bring your employees across the board into a united vision of where they're going in the same direction. So they may get there based on their own, you know, path, but, and the function that they, that they deliver, but they are all going in the same direction. And there's a couple of great examples of that. For example, there's a story about a janitor at NASA sweeping the lobby, the floor, and somebody saying, oh, well, what's your job? You're, you sweep the floor. And he says, no, I send a man to the moon. And so getting everybody in your organization to 
understand the experience that you're trying to deliver is really critical. Another good example is at the USDA where Secretary Perdue talked about being the most efficient, effective, and customer-focused agency in the federal government. So everybody's moving in that direction. It's, it's not easy. It's like moving a battleship, but at least everybody knows the direction that they're going in. Then it needs to go into performance plans and goals and targets to get everybody to know, you know what's measured is what gets done. Okay. Uh, One more quick thing is I I do think that you need someone in your agency um, that has responsibility or an organization for bringing all the customer stuff together as in a chief customer officer. Okay. And, And do apparently not all agencies have this? Um, we've actually had a, a rise in the number of chief customer officers um, in the last year, but USDA has a chief customer officer, GSA has a chief customer officer, VA has a chief customer officer, federal student aid has a chief customer officer, and there's people, there's somebody at SBA who's responsible for it, PTO has somebody on the patents and trademark side, and then you also have CIOs who are creating some customer experience organizations within their office to ensure that that they're delivering good service within their organization. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it, it's obvious why this is needed because, um, you know, major complaints from, you know, any any citizen are you know the government's not responsive they don't return my calls blah blah sometimes this is accurate and sometimes this is myth so um on 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 the public perception side uh do you see any shift well i think that there are a lot of benefits to adopting these business discipline practices um, of customer experience. And uh, VA is probably a good example in in that they have seen a rise in the veterans trust in the VA by 20 points over the past five years, based on all the work that they have done across the VA to improve the experience to veterans and their families. But there's Um, Part of the the challenges that we have in implementing this in government versus um, on the private sector is the pushback is always government doesn't have customers or we don't have a revenue revenue, um, incentive. Um, And I would say a couple things. One is there are many places in the government that do have a revenue incentive because they're paid for based on, um, you know, people paying for their services, including GSA and agencies using their services. They're almost entirely a cost reimbursable agency, but it also has been linked to, you know, mission delivery. Who in this town doesn't talk about what they do in terms of mission delivery? So it improves that, it improves that It improves employee engagement because if people feel that what they're doing matters and they're valued for what they do, it improves that. Um, Revenues and eventually trust in government. Okay. 
Let's take a break here. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'll be back with Martha Doris right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Martha Doris of Doris Consulting International. Doris, two R's, dorisconsulting.com. Uh, Martha, what are the challenges here? I mean, we, we, we talk off air about a lot of the issues facing the implementation, but what what are the big challenges? So as I mentioned before, I mean, customer experience is a real disruptor. When you put the customer at the center of what you do and they touch every organization um, in, in your agency, you have to get all of these different parts of the organization to work together and everybody's you know, used to doing what they do and passing it to the next organization. But when you take it from the customer's perspective, you use the customer to help you understand what their their um, expectations are for for the future and what they're experiencing today. You're going to start get you know getting in everybody's knickers. I mean, if you look at the USDA, they have nine mission areas, twenty to twenty five contact centers, twelve hundred websites. Um, and most of the, the people who are in the public, when they think of the government, sometimes they just think of government. But if you're a farmer, rancher, producer, you think of USDA. So how do you maneuver and know where to call or how to access that information? So they've really, you know, they were a, the lighthouse agency for the GSA IT modernization centers of excellence. So they've been working towards this for a couple of years. And looking at, you know, creating Ask USDA to start looking at it from that customer's perspective. But, you know, it's it's not hard to understand how you start getting into everybody's business when you start doing that. Um, there's still a lot of confusion about what customer experience is. It gets used um, interchangeably with user experience. User experience is you know, that experience that someone has with a single touch point and how useful it is and how easy to use it is when customer experience is much broader. And that's done at very high levels in the government. Customer service is, again, kind of used interchangeably. Social Security, the commissioner talks about improving their customer service, which is a, no, you know, a noble goal, but it is different than improving the, the full customer um, experience. So there's a whole bunch of confusion around that. And it's really um, making it a priority within agencies. OMB has found even through some of the work that they've done for the cross-agency priority goal on improving government services, a few um, challenges, you know, including like there's a lack of understanding about the discipline of customer experience at all levels in the agency. Um, there's Frustrated employees don't provide exceptional experience, um, getting the right, their, their talent issues, getting the right talent, CX talent and services is hard. Um, there's also a really a, a lack of accountability across the government for service levels. There's really nowhere that you can go as a citizen and find out how many days it takes for a loan application to be, you know, what you can expect or the fact that it may take you 600 days to have a video teleconference or, a, or adjudication of, a, of an appeal or at, a, at an agency. So it's, 
it goes from the, you know, the employees <clears throat> and the skills that you need to just really the know-how to the priority within um, the agency that we've also heard of, of, you know, that maybe in the front line, they know what needs to be done, but at the headquarters area, they've got other priorities that are, that are based on oversight organizations. So it's just not, it's just not an easy nut to crack, to be honest. So you're basically saying it's a hard sell. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, people look at it like, the analogy is around like cybersecurity. So people look at it like, well, we don't have the money to do this. But in reality, it shouldn't be additional funds. It should be built into the way you design and develop services, just like cybersecurity should be built in. So we're about five years behind the cybersecurity conversations about building it in from the beginning. Okay. So, um, how does GPRA fit into this and tell people what GPRA is first? So GPRA is the Government Performance and Results Act. And, you know, customer service and or experience has been the focus for administration since the early 90s when the, when GPRA was enacted. And that, that's really about, you know, measuring improvements and, and managing for results. And that's what customer experience is. Um, the Obama administration created a cross-agency priority goal on customer service, and then the Trump administration actually created a cap goal, and they morphed it into customer experience, which was a huge um, move for them. They also created, um, updated, uh, and created and then updated Section 280 of A11 of OMB Circular A11, which tied CX to the budget process, and um, so it's 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 been there have been um, efforts for many many years to um, focus on this. Okay, so <clears throat> OPM and the Partnership for Public Service do the uh, I guess it's an annual. Uh, survey on the best places to work? So they do the federal, OPM um, manages the federal <clears throat> employee viewpoint survey that's sent out to all the agencies to, um, to, to survey employees on their, their workplace. Um, managers get, you know, the results eventually. Um, it's not done on a real-time basis, but it, the results are rolled up and then the Partnership for Public Service creates a best places to work report out of it, which is um, is very useful because many agencies can tie the best places to work or their, their federal employee viewpoint survey directly to um, the customer experience or customer service they're delivering. So there's a couple of projects right now, one particularly at the um, Transportation Security Agency at TSA, where they're actually looking at the FEVS data and their customer satisfaction data and, and marrying that together to kind of see how that, how their um, employee engagement actually, what role that plays in their, in their uh, uh, service delivery. Okay, so I would assume also that for the agencies that rate higher on that survey, their employee retention is somewhat higher as well. 
Um, yeah, I would suspect so. I, um, I haven't looked at the FEVS data recently in relation to their, um, to their retention, but I know when the VA first started their veteran experience office back when Tom Allen was there, he said you could almost look at the, the employee engagement data and see where in the organization you were going to have, um, you know, less, less, satisfied, less satisfied customers. Yeah, how how long has the uh, the best places to work been around? I I can't remember not seeing it. Well, I got the data when I was at GSA, so I can't either. I mean, it's it's morphed over time. We've used they've used different tools over time. So, um, but getting it, it took a good ten years for agencies to actually take that data and start building it into like the senior executive performance plans and holding people accountable for employee engagement, which is also another place that we need to be with service delivery is getting it into performance plans and holding people accountable. Yeah, I used to get something from OPM. I think it was a blue book, uh, but it was all of the employee stats on an agency by agency basis. Do you remember this thing? I've never seen that, no. Okay. I, I haven't seen it for a while. That's why I asked. I figured somebody would know you might. Um, maybe they do it online. I'm sure they don't send a book out, but maybe they do it. They still do it online. I had never heard of it. Yeah, I used to get this. Uh, I used to actually pick it up at uh, at the, uh, P, uh, the the printing. Um, GPO. Yeah, GPO down on uh, uh, on Capitol Hill. Right. Um, I used to go down there and browse and take my credit card, <laughs> come home with 50 other things. Federal budgets and a few other things. Yeah, I actually never read the budget, but there was always neat reports in there that I had never heard of before. And I just, you know, provide, I'm waiting for the Jeopardy category of weird stuff you know about the government, right? So we, we could kick some butt there. Uh, That's true. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'll come back and wrap up with Martha right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. Uh, again, I'm here today with Martha Doris, Doris Consulting International, DorisConsulting.com. That's Doris with two R's. Uh, you can also find Martha on LinkedIn. Don't know uh, if if. You can find her if you want to use her. Otherwise, don't bother. Um, is, that, is that fair? Um, <laughs> um, so talk, talk about the Service to the Citizen Awards and what it is and why it matters. Thanks, Mark. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier in the interview, um, when I looked at what I thought was missing across the federal government to move the culture in, the, in this direction, I, I didn't feel like people were really getting recognized and rewarded for the, the people on the ground doing service delivery. And customer experience doesn't just involve the person who's answering the phone or building the website. It's the person who puts the contract in place to buy contact centers or the person who um, you know, we, we recognized the DHS Procurement Innovation Lab last year because they, they provide a, a service that helps people across 
DHS to buy what they need to do to deliver service to the citizens. So it's, um, or the people who are networking, you know, network services who can improve the service delivery across rural America. So I wanted to recognize those champions of change um, because I didn't think that they were fully recognized. Most of the time it's around technology or, or the chiefs. So um, we just finished our third year. Of course, it was virtual this year, but I wanted to pay it forward. I mean, this, this is my, to me, my legacy to the industry forever is to be able to recognize these champions of change. So we've, we've recognized over 200 people in the last um, three years. Um, we have a government executive of the year, industry executive of the year, lifetime achievement award, trailblazer. We've had a couple legislative executives of the year. And this year we're gonna have a new rising star award for younger up and comers who are, who are making a name for themselves. Um, we've recognized people like Sonny Perdue, Paul Lawrence at the v, at the, Dr. Paul Lawrence at BBA, um, Margaret Weikert. Um, so I look forward to our next year, hopefully in person on September 22nd at the Willard. Well, <clears throat> right now, if we get that uh, that uh, medicine out, yes, we can. Exactly. Um, so the ultimate measure of customer experience is trust. <clears throat> Why and uh, give me a brief list of the benefits. So I think if you if you look at where we are today in this country, trust, um, you know, it's critical. It's, it's critical to trusting that what we're given in terms of data around um, the coronavirus. It's it's critical to trusting that the vaccine is, um, you know, a safe uh, vaccine to take. It's tr trusting the results of an election. There's trust is really embedded in everything we do and every decision we make every day. And it's around the perception that, you know, we have um, and confidence that we have in our government. So I think today more than ever, trust is critical. And, and it's proven that there is a direct link between service delivery and trust. Uh, it's not an easy number. To, to change and trust worldwide um, in government is fairly low, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't strive for improving that. True. So um, CX and IT modernization, how much does this matter and where does it come together? Well, if you think about, um, again, where we are today, you know, it, the federal government moved 90% of its workforce to work from home within a week. Um, that, that is around, you know, providing, delivering service, not only to employees and them being able to work from home and an agency having the bandwidth and the collaborative technology for their employees to work, but it also is about, you know, those people that are delivering service to the public. In the contact center space, many agencies said that their agents could not work from home, and and they've had to figure out a way and and you know look at things a little differently in order to move both agents that work for the government as well as contractors who are supporting all of these different services to be able to work from home. And it's much easier when things are in the cloud and you have the technology in place and you've exercised those teleworking muscles and you know how to manage teams. And so 
the modernization, those agencies that have spent the time and effort to, uh, you know, modernize their IT over the past several years, definitely had an easier time of making these shifts. Okay, and that, that was not an easy shift. I was going to ask you how CX uh, was impacted by the pandemic. Um, because, you know, we all of a sudden were, you know, 90% of the people are at home. Well, I think, I think it's just um, shined a spotlight on the need for agencies to develop touchless, contactless digital services. And that, that's in websites, it's in contact centers, it's chat, text, SMS, you know, SMS. It's being able to get the services that you need from government without having to go into a, to someplace in person. And there are many agencies that still run in-person, um, you know, offices for people to be able to to get their services. So it's definitely highlighted that need. It also, you know, the, it's changed the expectations of the public. We now can get our services, you know, telehealth, for example. So, um, you know, VA has their telehealth has exploded um, over the past eight or nine months to be able to service veterans. So it's it really has um, shined a spotlight and exposed, it's exposed gaps, but it's also exposed the importance and the need and the importance of government in the daily lives of the public, as well as like during emergencies. So one final question, why should industry pay attention to the whole CX phenomena? I think customer experience is you know, if you take the framework of CX around understanding customers, what kind of services do they want, do they expect from your company, you know, from citizens, from the government, um, the vendor community needs to take that mirror and put it on themselves and look at how they're delivering services to their customer agencies. They, they need to look at how they can support the government in delivering services to their customers. And they need to look at how they are delivering an experience to their own employees. And it, it's proven that that the revenues and the, the ability to cut and be more efficient is, is critical um, and important to companies. So, you know, to, to improve revenue, cut costs and deliver better service to your government customers, it's just a critical differentiator. Everybody's always looking for what can they do to differentiate themselves from other companies, and CX is one of them. It it, it is, and you know, of, of this is not a scientific survey by any stretch. But the number one, the companies I enjoy working with most have a high retention rate. Uh, they also seem to be among the fastest growing companies out there because they keep the same people. Those people develop relationships with the federal customer, with their business partners, et cetera. So there's a stability there that in, in seems to uh, be a fertile ground for growth. I, I agree. I mean, I think there's not, not every day is going to go perfect um, in a relationship, you know, between government and industry. But when, when something happens, it's really a time when you can show your, your CX chops, right? How you deal with those kind of situations um, with government. So 
Um, and, and that's how that's how government, you know, talks, right? They 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 recommend companies to other agencies. You know, it's not always through an official CPARS score, but but people do talk, and so it's it's really an important thing for people to understand and pay attention to. Great. Any final words? Um, uh, just that you know, I look forward to you know continuing the conversations with government and industry, and thank you so much for giving me the time on your show. I know you have a big following, so um, hopefully you know industry is a big part of partnering with government to make this a reality and help improve the lives of, uh, of the, of Americans through transformed government services. Martha, thanks so much. Again, dorisconsulting.com, uh, Doris with two R's, Martha Doris on LinkedIn. This is not my day job. I do advise companies on all aspects of marketing to the government. I particularly focus on differentiation, social selling, content marketing, and bringing those together to build a subject matter expert platform. And uh, Martha's a perfect example of a subject matter expert who's built uh, a significant following. So uh, thank you for that, Martha, and thank you for listening to Amtower Off Center. You've been listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. e-commerce merchants. Does consistent monthly growth while hitting ROI goals sound good? Here at AdRoll, our customers constantly let us know it feels good. AdRoll helps you attract new customers and bring shoppers back to finish the sale. Integrate your e-commerce store with AdRoll and manage display, social media, and native advertising all in one place. Sounds good, right? See the difference. Visit AdRoll.com to get started today. Your story, it lives in River City, where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel, where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another, where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives.